Mac Voices Holiday Gift Guide Number Three, Part One. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices Live, our weekly live panel discussion of what is going on in the Apple space as well as the larger tech world and how it is impacting you. Join us live at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, or whatever time that is wherever you are, at youtube.com slash macvoicestv, and participate in the chat, or catch the edited and segmented versions of the show on the regular Mac Voices channels and feeds. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, it's hard to believe, but it's Mac Voices gift guide number three already. We're trying to get as many of these out as we can to you before the holiday shopping season. But if this doesn't make it, well, the holiday shopping season extends through the end of the uh, of the year pretty much. So, um, But every year we try to get our friends together and let them give us some ideas of what they would like to give or get for the holidays. Or maybe that they have given or have gotten for the holidays that they think you should be paying attention to. And, of course, we have a few laughs along the way. So the rules are pretty simple. We do four rounds, one gift pick each round from each one of us. That gives you 16 gift picks um, for this particular show. And, you know, hey, uh, we put the show notes in the uh, – or put the links, excuse me, in the show notes for this show so you can go exactly to what our picks are. But we also publish those picks in the Mac Voices uh, magazine holiday gift guide that is on Flipboard. So – Go check that out uh, for the picks from other from other panels. But let's get to this panel right now and see what kind of goodies there are. Because it has become an annual sport for them to try to cost me money. And so far, every panel has succeeded. Let's see if I can resist the urge here. Uh, so first up, uh, we haven't seen Brett Terpster for a long time, but it's great to have him back. Brett, happy holidays. Hey, you too. Good to be here. I'm so glad you were able to make it. So glad you yeah. were able to make it. Yeah. I was sick yesterday. Like, if you had scheduled this yesterday, I wouldn't have made it. But I'm feeling better. So it's great to be here. Oh, good. Well, you you look chipper. So that's great. That's <laughs> great. Um, sporting a very holiday-ish background, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mark Fuccio. Mark, good to see you. Hello, everyone. I, I, I love the background, Mark. That's that That looks really good. Although the one ball looks a little pixelated, but I think that's maybe just the design of it. Yes. So <laughs> it's the eight bit ornament. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Last but absolutely not least, sporting a pair of antlers, I guess, just because Patrice Brendamore. <laughs> Patrice. Well, it's the holidays. I mean, it's the holiday gift guide. So I had, I mean, I had to get my antlers and my, 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 like my Christmas earrings and everything. <laughs> like, of course. And I mean, you see my... Yeah, I have, I have a red shirt on, so that's as close <laughs> as I can. That <laughs> counts. That does definitely count. Oh, my. Well, you guys know the rules. We explain them up front. And so we're just going to go to it. And I'm going to keep the order on my screen so I don't confuse myself. Brett, that gives you the first pick of this gift guide. Okay. I This is a, a pick with a sub pick. But um, my first pick is the shift cam snap grip, uh, which is it's like um, uh, an attachment for your phone that makes it feel like a camera. So when you're doing iPhone photography and honestly, like, why would you buy a digital camera at this point in history 
when the iPhone camera is so super, super, superb. Like, um, this just gives you the grip and the trigger, the finger trigger to make it feel like a digital camera or, or, a, you know, any SLR, DSLR kind of camera. And it's a Bluetooth, uh, button that just basically triggers the volume up on your phone. Uh, the one that, I'm suggesting has a MagSafe grip. And so it just magnetically attaches to your phone and it can rotate 90 degrees or any number of degrees. And it also functions as an iPhone stand. So you can set your camera up horizontally in portrait uh, in landscape mode on your table and, and then hit the button and start recording video, um, which is great for people you know, podcasting or whatever. Um, but as an alternative, I did want to mention that you can also get the cap grip to the snap grip is uh, how many, how many dollars is, is the snap grip is $70. But if you want a cheaper version, there's one called the cap grip. What did I, uh, I'm, I'm messing up my words. I'm sorry. It's my it's the first pick. You you'll forgive me, right? You're you're excited. You're excited. Yeah. The cap grip is the alternative and it is only $16 if uh if you just want a clamp instead of a magsafe attachment and it doesn't function as the stand that the other one does and you there's a second version of that which you'll see which has a fill light built into it. Um, I have not tested that version out. I've only tested the first version, uh, the shift cam. And so I can't, I can't wholeheartedly recommend the cap grip, but the shift cam would make a great present for anyone who uses their phone for photography or for video, uh, and needs an on the go solution. I like it. I like it. And you're right. The, the the small the less expensive camera market is probably all but gone. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I it guess is. there are some circumstances where maybe you aren't allowed to take your phone in and so you need a camera, but the, the cameras on the iPhones are now so much better than anything even that you're like to invest money in. You can buy a five, six hundred dollar DSLR and it won't top your iPhone. Like you have to spend some big money before you're actually getting better photos than your iPhone 15 can give you. Um, so really turning your iPhone into an ideal DSLR is ideal. Yeah, it definitely good, is good, good pick out of the gate. I like it. I like it. So that I'll put that on a wish list, but I'm not sure that's like an immediate, I have to click through <laughs> and buy right now. So uh, Mark, what we'll do you have you. for round one? No, thanks, Patrice. <laughs> what do you have for round one, Mark? Okay, I just put it into uh, the chat room. It's a device uh, called the Flume Smart Home Water you know, Meter or Monitor. <clears throat> Basically, what this is is, you know, it's a device that uh, you can put into your, um, you know, where your water meter is, and you know, it uh, senses the number of times the uh, you know the uh, uh, the water meter you know, spins, and it's 
Wi-Fi enabled, so it will connect to your home Wi-Fi network. And they have an app, both for you know, iOS, obviously, as well as uh, Android. And what you can do with it is you can monitor your monthly uh, water usage. Uh, the app has a number of uh, displays where you can track uh, daily usage per, you know, you know per hour uh, and you know, monthly usage and the things things like that. And you know, this is useful if you live in you know parts of a uh, you know state where they're concerned about uh, water and mm-hmm. uh, water supply. Uh, so you can use this you know, to monitor uh, your your consumption. Uh, we've been using it because um, you know we have a second home in um, in a rural area of California where they're water challenged, and every every uh, every other uh, month we get a water bill, and it's always four units, and it's been that way for years until we got this device, and we're finding that you know we don't exceed the amount. But you know the minimum they charge is you know that uh, that same amount. <laughs> so by using this, you're actually able to uh, you know put and store uh, you know if you, uh, you know uh, the water that you use up to your, your threshold level. Um, they also you know advertise sort of a you know a leak detection service, so you can look to see you know if you're if you're losing water mm-hmm. because uh, you know if overnight you know. Typically, you're not using uh, water for anything, but if you're seeing that you're doing have water flow, you have uh, you obviously have a leak somewhere, mm-hmm. and that's something you probably want, might want to be aware of and uh, you take action on. Uh, I've had this unit for a little over a year. You know, it's gone up in price since then. Currently, it's two forty nine on uh, on Amazon, but check with your local water utility. Uh, I know ours, you know, had uh, some deals uh, directly you know, with Flume, the manufacturer, you know, for for ninety nine dollars. You know, that was a number of years ago, but you know, the idea is still that you know, water utilities may be offering uh, deals on devices like this. And you know, certainly, I think anybody in California or any you know, listeners here in uh, you know, the Southwest, you know, where we're in a drought area, that's probably anywhere from Texas over to California. Up to Colorado, et cetera, uh, might find this an interesting, uh, you know, product. You know, it's it's a little big for uh, being a stocking stuffer, but uh, it, hey, it is Wi-Fi enabled, and um, have fun. If I can offer a quick alternative, uh, move to Minnesota and get a rural <laughs> house with a well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Brett just happens to have a house for sale, right? (laughs) 49, you can have it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, Mark, I'm I'm intrigued by this because it says no no plumbing, no wires, no cutting, no nothing. So so does this just, I mean, how does it install? Does it clamp on over it? Yes, it does. And it has a magnetic sensor, so it can sense the number of revolutions of. Oh, interesting. That is. In the water meter. How does how does it get power? It has a battery. Okay, so it is battery. So you basically just take this app, drop it on, and you got it. That's yeah, yeah. And you you go through a setup in the app. You have to register, get an account, and you know you give the device uh, you know the Wi-Fi credentials, and uh, you know, then you can you know, connect to it uh, and monitor. 
and it specifically says subscription no longer required. So no no subscription, no contracts, just water. Yeah, Very I nice. think at one point I think they may uh, we never had the subscription uh, because it didn't seem like it you know offered any value. But um, I think for a while there they were doing it, and I think obviously they seem to have gotten pushback, and now they're shouting far and wide that uh, you just buy the device, you don't don't get locked into a subscription. I like it. Good one. Real good one. Yeah, this is yeah. interesting because I do have dreams of moving to California. So this would be good. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you can swap houses with Mark and that way. He there you go. <laughs> you, my house is great for like three weeks out of the year. Okay, that's nice. <laughs> Christine, it's amazing. So we'll, 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 we can swap for, for three weeks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the three weeks of summer. Patrice, what do you have for round one? So, <clears throat> for round one, um, I saw that someone else already picked the RAID I wanted to pick, but I'm going to pick the hard drives that I have in my RAID here. So in my OWC RAID, I have a Western Digital Gold hard drives. So most people might have heard of the red ones. Like everybody is talking about, oh, if you have a NAS, you should get Western Digital Red and all of that. And Western Digital has basically those color, this color system where you can pick depending on what like what um like what type of or what type of usage you're looking for? Like, are you looking for like a hard drive for video recording for your like security system? That's probably gonna use this differently than you know, like a like a NAS system, for example. Um, and a lot of people talk about the red ones and say, "Oh, you should buy them." But the thing is, Western Digital knows that, and the prices for the red ones are usually more like they're higher and they're more expensive for lower specs. So if you're looking for good drives, this is like the gold ones is the enterprise drive. So that's what you would run in a data center. And they're at the 10 terabyte drives that I have are, well, on Amazon currently, normal price, no like discounts or whatever, 240. Um, you can get up to 22 terabytes if you need. So this is the spinning type still, like the old school, if you need a lot of storage. Um, that's like what I use for, for my NAS system or for my mini. Um, but yeah, they're, they're really good. They're, I mean, they're supposed to run two and a half million hours, which is more than enough. Like the average. average. Yeah. It's like, forget that. I mean, it's 285 years if they run 24 hours a day. So do forget you, that. Do you use, do you use 10 terabyte disks mm-hmm. in your NAV? Yeah, okay. currently I'm, I I I balance a little bit between what I really need and how much they cost and whatever, and ten terabytes was the perfect size for it. Right, because the consideration you have to make is if you bought the twenty-two terabyte drive for five hundred and fifty dollars, mm-hmm. if it ever fails, you have to replace it with a drive as big or bigger. Correct. So yes. you're out another five hundred and fifty <laughs> bucks. So buying mm-hmm. just what you need, buying the ten terabyte, that's a great. That's a great yeah, idea. Exactly. That's it. And the, the reds are uh, currently about the same or like 10 or 20 bucks more. So it's yeah, that's it for for worse spec. Sure. So it's kind of kind of weird. Um, but yeah, so that's definitely a recommendation. If you need like Western Digital, like all like over years and years and years I've used them. I've seen like um backplace, their 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 drive statistics. Yeah, they're always up there. 
they're yeah. always up there in in like reliability over time and, and and failure rates and all of that. Doesn't mean yours will never fail. Sure, it's not that's not how it works. <laughs> no guarantees. No guarantees, but I mean, I've I've had once I think a failure, and Western Digital just replaced it because they have, and that's the other thing with the with the gold ones, they get like better warranties. So if a drive fails within, I think, five years, mm-hmm. you get a replacement. Wow. So versus the, I think, three years for the red ones. So you could just get a straight up replacement. And that happened like, honestly, 10, 15 years ago, that happened to me once. And they like didn't even ask a question. They were like, oh, yeah, fine. Just we're going to send you a new one. Done. And if you're running a drive like a Synology, mm-hmm. you can just replace that drive and your data will be rewritten. No loss. Exactly. That, that's yeah. what I'm doing. That's what, I, what what is running in my OWC rate. So it's a rate, nice. it's a rate one. So I'll just nice. swap in a new drive. Yep. I've never so heard I'd... anybody recommend gold drives, uh, the, the gold model mm-hmm. before. But you're right. It makes perfect sense if, it, if it's da- data center designed. And well, I mean, wow. it would depend on what you need. Like, I mean, for for some people, if you're doing whatever the the like the the backup, the time machine backup that you plug in whatever once a month, you probably don't need a need a gold drive because I mean, it's it's basically all you're only writing. You're rarely ever reading anything from it, and you're plugging it at one in once a month. So, like, I mean, get the get the cheaper ones. But if you're running an S or something, a Synology, like. Mac Mini with with like external storage, whatever you need. If it's running twenty four seven, probably look into into the gold drives. Yeah, yeah. I would I would add that you know for all the listeners that in, in general don't cheap out on drives mm-hmm. because uh, you know in addition, I mean, Patrice made a good point that this has a five year lim- you know warranty. I believe the red drives are three. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the other not so well-known things is the amount of testing that is done uh, is much more extensive, you know, in terms of amount and in terms of, you know, their sample rates for enterprise yep. class devices than consumer, you know, level Correct, yeah. devices. So, um, you know, that, that sounds good. You know, the only thing, you know, I'm really sad about is that, uh, you know, you know, at uh, that level, I would not run a RAID 5. I would always run a RAID 6. So, um, you know, with the demise of Drobo, you know, sort of mm-hmm. forced into, uh, you know, sort of the, the, you know, the larger, you know, more expensive Synology and NAS devices. Um, and I haven't found anything for, for DAS, direct attached storage solution that, that offers uh, RAID 6 capability. So, um, you know, RAID 6, I would the, have benefit, to... of, RAID 6, the yeah. benefit of that, you know, for reminder for the listeners is, you're protected against you know two hard drive failures, mm-hmm. and again, depending on the RAID controller, you know even if a drive doesn't fail, but if a couple sectors fail, it may not be able. You know it will. It could be, you view that as a two drive failure. So um, you know the way to protect that is you know with the RAID six, you have extra you know error correction uh, parity stripes available you know, to help do a recovery. I would have to check what the. I mean, I only have the two bay version of the of the Mercury Elite Pro. I would have to check what the four bay does. I'm. I bet it does RAID six. To be honest. No. Good. No. I've. It doesn't. I've, okay. No. Yeah. You know, the uh, soft RAID only does. It does mirroring. You know, RAID zero. RAID, RAID one 
or RAID 10, where, you know, it mirrors uh, mm-hmm. Stripe, you know, or RAID 5, but it does not, you know, they've on their website or in discussion forums for years, they've been talking about a RAID 6 coming out. But I think, you know, I don't think that'll ever happen. I think, you know, the sun will, you know, go, uh, you know, go supernova before they come out with it. And, uh, you know, if anyone from AWC is or software is listening, you know, get on the ball and, uh, you know, up your game because, uh, there's a big need out, out there for mm. it. So Mark, how, how do you run a RAID 6 drive? What hardware would you recommend? Oh, right. Um, I would recommend, uh, one of the eight bay, uh, Synology units. Yeah. All right. Okay. Not a, not a, not a cheap not a, gift pick. Not a <laughs> no, but here we are. You know, we're talking about data, data, and data is you know you back up, back up, and back up, and then have multiple copies just to be sure. Or, so. or again, you know, you, Synology has a four drive unit. You know, you could do it. You know, with you know, say a twenty terabyte drive, but uh, you're going to lose lose two of those drives for data protection. So it all depends on how much how much data you have that needs to be backed up. All right. Um, So I'm going to do kind of a perennial favorite just because there's some things that no matter how many years go by and how many times I pick them, they always seem to end up on my list of things that I think more people should have or can take advantage of. I'm guessing that at least three out of the four of the people here have it, maybe all four. Um, and that is an Elgato Stream Deck. Um, now, my personal advice is don't cheap this one out because I bought one. Of, I think it was the the, nine, the six or nine key, and almost right away I just had to have the thirty-two because mm-hmm. once you get this, you find out how useful it is, and you want to just keep mm-hmm. on adding things to it. Basically, what it is, it's a small panel of buttons that you can assign all kind of different things to each button, hotkeys, shortcuts. Um, in, in my case, I use a lot of it for Final Cut. Which one is that, Brett? Brett's that's the Stream Deck that's Plus. The, that's the okay. new one. With yeah. knobs. <laughs> With mm-hmm. dials. Okay. You got the new one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I mean, that's it. They keep, you know, they keep doing iterations and improvements, but just the idea that I have 32 keys at my command. That's did it 32 or 30? Yeah, 32. Mm-hmm. Um, to to put macros on. I I use it in the production of Mac Voices to store titles and transitions and assets that I use constantly, as opposed to having to go into the Final Cut library, find it, drag it over, and all that. One button after I've assigned it, and it's done. It's there. So once you do this, you will find so many uses for it. Um, and and I'm a, this is like a, a, a different kind of entree into automation because yeah. we're all talking about shortcuts and everything. But it's even easier to, once you create those shortcuts, just have a button, one single button yeah. to hit and go. How, that's always and the he, question. How do you trigger the shortcut? You need something that triggers it, and that's the stream that. Yeah. And each button is illuminated. Um, you can assign a color to it. You can assign text to it. You can assign little graphics to it. Uh, it they do make a, a button utility to create those. The buttons can have gradients. Um, I mean, you can get a little bit crazy if you want to, but at the end of the day, there are good reasons that a lot of control surfaces have different 
different colored buttons because they control mm-hmm. different things. And it's a whole lot easier to go over and say, okay, here are all the titles, here are all the transitions, or here's my shortcut for, you know, I don't know, doing whatever, or my shortcuts for doing whatever. So, yeah, this this is one of those that I promise you, you will not regret. It. You may feel like it's a little intimidating at first. Just assign your first button or two and you'll be off to the races. Mm-hmm. I have a tip that will make this gift pick even better. Go. If you so I have a 15 key stream deck, a six key stream deck, and the stream deck plus with eight keys and four knobs. I can on my 15 key stream deck, I can hit a button and change the profile on my mini with the six keys. So the six keys for most of my apps, all I need is six keys. But I can change what six keys are visible using my 15 key pad. So you can control stream decks from other stream decks. So having one mm-hmm. that is like a launch center. So if someone if someone on your gift list already has a stream deck, you can get them a different stream deck and like in like multiply if they have a 15 key stream deck multiply mm-hmm. that by 6 i don't do math well but multiply that by 6 and you've got that many more buttons to work with uh mm-hmm. and it it works really well i do it every day mm-hmm. yeah but, but i mean you don't need to like if as Brad said if someone already has one get them a second one for yeah. fine but if they don't have one you don't need to buy two um, because I mean, you can you can control what the Stream Deck shows just by sure. the app. By so the app, for, yes, yeah. I have found that I have that I have found that fallible. I prefer to have like a hard coded mm-hmm. switch for what my Stream Deck mini shows because I'll switch to an app. Like so, mm-hmm. I have a setup for Zoom. I have the six keys yeah, setup for Zoom, but I don't stay on Zoom when I'm on a Zoom call. I'm switching between <laughs> apps. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, all my Zoom buttons disappear. So if I have that hard-coded and mm-hmm. I can set the six key to be just Zoom controls, mm-hmm. and then I can switch to any other app I need to. I can switch my browser. I can switch my notes app. And like my Zoom buttons, I can still mute my Zoom call with mm-hmm. the Stream Deck Mini. I have found that preferable to yeah. app-triggered uh, profile switches for sure um like how, how i fixed that was i have basically on the default you can have a default set there's a zoom mm-hmm. button that basically basically brings zoom to sure. the foreground and then it switches to the zoom button yep so that makes that's sense that's the way you can do it that's you, that if you, you only have you, one you can get away with one i recommend mm-hmm. i recommend three or four <laughs> I, did not, I did not know that, Brett, and now I wish I didn't know it because <laughs> I, can, I can I can envision exactly now that you tell me that I can envision exactly how that would be useful. Yep. So yep. yeah, you can Darn you it. can do things like you have two shortcuts. One is to enable something, and one is to disable something, and the same button can trigger either or. Mm-hmm. You, basically tracking the state on off yep yeah stuff like that so it's it's really 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 helpful i use it all day every day it's really cool wow i think it just cost myself money thanks to your your assistance (laughs) because you don't have it yet i will tell you the stream deck plus if you have the wave xlr from elgato or you use any of their key light app uh attachments uh hardware um the knobs on the stream deck plus can control any of your audio inputs outputs lighting 
all with dials that you can just like crank like the warmness of your light or the brightness or the mic input at mic output like it's super handy i love it let's go to round two before you (laughs) it's getting worse brett not better (laughs) Uh, what do you have for round two um wow all right so I'm torn between two options. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Casa Smart Mini Plug. Um, this is, it's just a smart home little uh, plug-in interface that gives you a hardware switch. So for me, for the holidays, uh, Christmas lights, uh, turning them on and off requires plugging and unplugging a plug. Uh, they don't have their own switch. So I love these things because at the outlet, they give me a hardware switch, which is also controllable by my iPhone. So I can turn on and off my Christmas lights. Uh, And there, I know there are a hundred solutions for doing this, but these things are $35 for a four pack. And yeah. And, and at the, at the outlet, instead of plugging and unplugging, you have a little button you can press hardware um, to turn your lights on and off, which I will admit, like about 80% of the time, that's what I do is just go and I press the button. But the other 20% of the time before I go to bed, I can just load up on my iPhone and turn off all the Christmas lights. And this well throughout the year, even after the Christmas lights are gone, anything that you ever have to plug or unplug, um, it is. It's indispensable. I agree with that. I mean, th- these things, the the home kit, excuse me, the the home automation stuff is now becoming so much more affordable mm-hmm. with some of the some of the different brands mm. that are just as reliable as you know the some of the the legacy or original brands. Yeah, and so and Casa is definitely one that I've had some good luck with. So and this 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 one is home kit. And Alexa and Google Home certified. So it works with whatever you've got. That's cool. Very nice. Very nice. Mark, what do you have for round two? Okay, let me... This is a storage device. You know, it's uh, Samsung uh, USB-C connected, huh. uh, 256 uh, gigabyte uh, flash drive. Uh, it's available at Amazon. They have smaller capacities, but why would you bother? Because we all know that you know we use and fill up all sorts of storage space that you have available. The beauty of this is it's fast and it's uh, relatively small. So uh, I've used one just to you know carry a bunch of uh, uh, you know movies and uh, you know things on uh, you know on vacation trips and. Uh, you know, the other thing is I have another one that should be being delivered today that uh, I'm planning to use this, um, you know, as an additional uh, time machine uh, backup device. You know, it's small enough, you just, just can plug it in and leave it attached there. Um, depending on how much uh, data you have, you might want to go into time machine settings so that, uh, you know, you only limit it to uh, the most uh, actively uh, changing and updating data. You know, so. Um, it probably means excluding maybe movie files or video library or music, 
but uh, keep everything in desktop uh, d- downloads, documents, and probably also uh, your library, because that's where a lot of uh, application settings uh, are hidden. So it uh, it goes on to sale time to time. So I think currently it's about uh, $25. So uh, not a bad price. Mark, I think you're old enough to remember when a 10 megabyte hard drive costs a thousand dollars and required a fan. And yeah. this thing is <laughs> tiny. And for twenty four dollars, you yeah. could. Uh, I'm so old. I know I'm so. But <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm mean, not as old as you, but I was thinking. Wow, I remember the like whatever sixty four megabyte like sticks, and I was like, yeah. wow, that was expensive. And yours yeah. like two fifty six gigabyte. Right. Nothing. This is this is basically disposable storage. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Right. And I wow. have uh, I have an accessory to go with this in my next round pick. But uh, oh, you know, oh, it, is, great. it is a very much a <laughs> device. I, I mean, Mark, the biggest, the only problem I see with this is that the darn thing is so small that it, it would be so easy to to misplace. <laughs> well, I mean, which is a nice problem to have. Leave it. Chuck, you know, leave stick it, an air tech it. to it. <laughs> yeah, or leave it plugged into your Mac unless unless you have oh, to uh, you know, transport it you know, from place to place a lot. Um, yeah, this is small enough to get lost among your pocket chain mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And 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 but the idea of two hundred and and they showed in one of the uh, graphics with it that you could obviously also because it's USB C plug this into your iPad, not just yes. to your Mac. Yes. So, mm-hmm. oh man. Okay. <laughs> I'll wait to see what he comes up with next round. Okay, <laughs> Maybe you send me a bill, Chuck. <laughs> I, I probably should. I probably should. Uh, uh, let's see. Patrice, round yeah. round two. So since Brett picked something um, smart home, I thought I would switch it around and pick my smart home thing as well. Um, so I have, I don't know how many of these. Um, th- those are the Nanoleaf Essential to Matter Light Strips. I, my entire apartment basically runs on them. I do, I mean, except for those two spots up here, I don't think I use anything else. Oh, okay, maybe in the bathroom, I think I have a light. But like everything else in the apartment is basically these light strips. Um, they're like the new versions are Matter compatible, so they should run with whatever system you have Alexa, Google Home, HomeKit, whatever. Um, I all, I recommend getting the the there's a five meter what is that sixteen feet version uh, which costs like fifteen bucks more. Um, it basically is like the my the main light strip and then two extensions. And I always buy that because it gives you the best flexibility. And you can you can combine them like you can buy like a shorter version and then you have an extension from like another pack that you bought and just stick it to it. Um, they're really good. They're really, really bright. Um, the app is not terrible. It's not like, you know, sometimes those apps can be, eh. um, the, the Philips one isn't great either. So there's that. Um, but this, they have like a really good library of what they call scenes, um, I think provided by the community, which is like, it's little, little things you can program your light strips with. So I have one that basically uh, cycles through certain colors and seems to simulate like um, the Aurora Borealis, for example, stuff like that. So you can do fun stuff with it. The colors are are quite good. I have them behind me. So you can see, like, I think you can see a little bit purple still in the background. 
um, they're really bright. So it's the brightest ones I found in in Lightstrip form, and I, I just stick them to the to the like the floorboard. That's it. You, you guys catch me up. Is Matter HomeKit compatible yet, or do you have to get the Apple Home version? Um, because well, the whole the whole point of Matter was to make like a universal yes. protocol, right? It, Is it, it HomeKit it bridges, compatible? Basically. It okay. basically bridges. So it's like you can use uh, all your HomeKit stuff with Matter um, in one ecosystem, or you can okay. use your Matter stuff in HomeKit. So I have both in my in my home. Okay. Like I have stuff that is HomeKit only. I have stuff that's Matter only. But through the like the HomePod minis or the, the Apple TVs or whatever you have, it basically just runs. Okay, it doesn't awesome. Care. Okay. Yeah, you can some, like some manufacturers even allow you to upgrade. So you can basically install any firmware and then it's Matter. So nice. it doesn't matter. All right. All right. Yeah. I mean, they still sell the, the HomeKit version if you want, but yeah. I would just go for Matter because it's, it's simply more flexible. Yeah, that seems legit. So first, first of all, NanoLeaf is, I mean, they're one of the, one of the two or three companies you want to go to Mm -hmm. for these, these kind of things. Yes. But Patrice, you say you lay them out just along the floorboard. Mm -hmm. I mean, you obviously don't just lay them out because they, they tend to curl. So do you, do you have anything to put them down against the floor or the carpet um, and, and use adhesive of any kind or how do you. There's adhesive on the back. Um, so I have it differently. So behind me here, there's this, um, what are they called? Like the, the little wooden strips along the, the wall, what they're called. Uh, yeah, something like that. Baseboard. So I just, so, so a baseboard. So I, I, they have adhesive strips on the back and you could just put it on a baseboard. Um, I have put them on like just a, like a, whatever, 10 feet wooden, like slat that I had lying around I just put that on the back of my bed for example and just put that on top um you can nail them like they, they you can buy nails that basically or clamps that go around them and just nail them down if you want to i don't know, attach them to your ceiling or whatever um so they're quite f- flexible they're mm. good good quality quite flexible i mean my my robot vacuum drove over them quite a few times and just survived that somehow uh, which i definitely do not recommend doing but uh, still, they have survived so far. Well, and I like the idea that you said that you can, you know, you can add different lengths mm-hmm. to them. So yeah, that I, that's huge because some yeah. of the cheap ones you can buy and you can cut, mm-hmm. and you know, but then you've wasted all that because there's really yeah. no you, provision to. Yeah, you can anything. cut these two, and I've seen online that some people figured out how to attach them again. So I think you can just solder that or something. I don't know. I've never tried that. Um, but you can extend them. There's a there's a maximum length that I think the the power brick supports. Uh, it's just a power question. But mm-hmm. I mean, I have I think I have like eight meters, five meters. Yeah, somewhere I think somewhere between five and eight meters in my living room, and it's not a problem. Okay. I have two, like in my living room. I have one on the sofa on the back and one like right under the, the projection screen. So it's quite quite useful. Yeah, and all the I mean I've got uh I've got upstairs I've got some of the matter um the elements, uh mm-hmm. the original element that are just the squares. Mm-hmm. But they are just they're first really of all, good. they're fun to they're fun to play with, but they also, I mean, if, if you need some supplemental lighting, they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So Nice. Yeah, I've Good thought day. about 
I've thought about replacing the two, two LED panels I have here in front of me with them because that would be fun. And you could get a recover in the rainbow out of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. And is that like you? There's a there's an app that's that's decent, but you can also just control them through yeah whatever system you have. Works quite well. And there there, there was the use. So that oh that's maybe important. They're using Thread. That was one of the reasons why I bought them. So there used to be a problem with Apple and Thread like a couple of years ago, but where there was some delay between like the command and something happening, but um, that got fixed by Apple. So there was an Apple problem, not an Leaf problem. Good. Okay. Nicely, nicely done. Nicely done. Since this has kind of turned into the to the uh, home automation round, um, <laughs> I've I've played with smart bulbs now for a while and. I'd really like the Philips U because the the colors are rich and they look mm-hmm. great, but the trouble is they're pretty darn expensive too. Um, so I I got my I got a pack of these Miros. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Oh yeah, the, the smart uh, bulbs. They are HomeKit and Alexa compatible, um, and they look just as good for my uses. And they're a whole heck of a lot cheaper because I think the pack that I just uh, I will have in the, linked in the show notes has four for fifty four dollars, which is a whole lot less expensive than what I've been able to find the Philips Philips used for. So the Philips mm-hmm. used are great, n- taking nothing from them, but depending on what your use case is or how sophisticated you want to get, uh, take a take a look at this one or these. And you may be very, very pleasantly surprised, especially given the fact that they too work with uh, the Apple system as well as the Amazon system. Just added to my shopping cart. <laughs> You're welcome. It, it, you you it, have paid it, me back by costing me yeah. money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the Miro stuff is good. Their app is not great, but you fortunately don't need to use it very often. Like it's basically you can use it to update whenever there's a firmware update and everything else you do through like HomeKit or whatever. Yeah, so, I love I love Govi products, and the problem with them is they they're not compatible with HomeKit, mm-hmm. so I have to use the Govi apps, which mm-hmm. by and large works out fine for me for the automations I set up, um, and they're super cheap compared to like EHU, for example, mm-hmm. but a HomeKit compatible, smart, 256 color LED or light bulb, I, I'm in, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Mirrors is great. And I, I, I would value everybody's advice here to see if you agree with me, but if you are just getting started with some of these toys um, for home automation, really don't try, try to figure out which, which system you're going to use the most. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to be mm-hmm. the Apple system or the Amazon system. If you can do both, great, because then you've got a backup for if things get a little wonky. But if, you know, make sure that you pay attention to what is and isn't and don't cheap it out and just go with something that is a knockoff no name that runs on its own app and yeah. doesn't com- comply with uh, 100%. <laughs> and sends all your data to China. Well, not, not just that part, but just the fact that, okay. Just now compatibility, got, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got 20, 25 apps I have to open to manipulate right. my lights or my locks mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's yes, I know it's a first world problem, but <laughs> it is a first world problem. Yeah. So, like, so I have a bunch of legacy lights running on Insteon protocol, 
which mm-hmm. used to be kind of like a big standard, but has kind of faded. Um, and then I have other stuff running on a Zigbee protocol. And now I have new stuff that is basically HomeKit and Alex compatible. I haven't gotten into Matter yet. And I'm really hoping Matter appliances will solve all my issues. Mm-hmm. But right now I have to run all kinds of crazy software on my basement Mac mini in order to make all of these controllable from one source. So mm. pick an ecosystem. If you have an Alexa, if you have a HomePod, like if you have an iPhone, however you want to control this stuff, pick an ecosystem and buy devices specifically compatible with whatever automation system you want to use. Yeah, for sure. I, I would highly recommend looking for matter over thread. Because Matter gives you the flexibility of the of the Matter protocol, so it works with everything. And Thread is a really good network to have because then you don't need those competing Zigbee, Z-Wave, Wi-Fi, yeah, right. Bluetooth, like all the different standards. It's basically just like it's kind of like a it's kind of like your Wi-Fi at home, but it's a it's a, a mesh network. It's a specific yeah. mesh network, so you can get to the corner like if if you set up your if you set up all your devices and you have multiple of them you can get to every corner of your of your like building or apartment or wherever you you are because they just relay the information from from point to point and that's so that makes it so much easier nice this panel is back next time to finish up mac voices holiday gift guide number three and cost you money or give you great picks depends on your point of view i'm chuck joiner i'll see you next time on mac voices Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices each month. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.